And this is a philosophy I try to live my life as closely to as I possibly can. And it's that successful people do what's uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. And that's why they're successful. The first time I started talking more, the first time I started getting in front of a room and presenting and like public speaking. And the first time I, you know, went to do some stuff for business, like the first time I've done some of these things, it's always been ridiculously uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. I almost want to throw up, but it's like, those are the moments that if you, if you're willing to step into that discomfort, you can't even imagine what your life will start to look like. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation I had with Stu Massengill. Stu is a speaker, podcaster, founder of Finding Direction, and national trainer for Tony Robbins. Over the last 10 years, Stu has immersed himself into the personal development and business world, which led to building an eight-figure business at 20 years old, speaking on stages of up to 10,000 people, and beating cancer all through the process. Today, Stu is on a mission to help others figure out what they want to do with their life so they can create a life full of passion, fulfillment, and happiness. We talked all about his journey of finding purpose and direction. We talked about practical questions you can ask yourself and things that you can do to do the exact same thing. Give Stu a follow on Instagram. He's an awesome follow at Stu Massengill. And check out his podcast, Finding Direction. The links to both of those are in the show notes. Also, starting tomorrow, November 8th, Stu is leading a five-day Find Your Future Challenge, and it's all about helping people figure out what they want to do with their life. Click the link in my bio to sign up for free. If you like this podcast, go check out episode 99 with Jay Kelfer or episode 75 with Chad Sonkin. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this conversation with my dude, Stu. Stu, what is up, my man? Welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. It is a, a massive, massive honor to be here and even just connecting before we start recording. Uh, massively love your energy, respect yes. your energy, and I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. So thanks for I, having I appreciate me. it. I, I feel the same way. We've known each other all but what, six minutes? And I feel <laughs> like it's uh, I feel like it's been several years. So um, I'm excited for this for conversation. And and I always love when, you know, when there's people that introduce other people for your show or you think, oh, you guys would have a great conversation. So way more of that. Like I always will yeah. say yes to those opportunities. Straight up. 100% yeah. agree. Does, does that happen on your show? Does that happen on your show ever? You have people that like introduce, oh, this person would be good for your show? Yeah, totally. I think it's like, like you said, it's like an energy thing. And it's like yeah. y- you connect with someone. A lot of the time someone pops in your head and you're like, oh, this person, similar energy. Um, and I would agree. It's always nice like anytime somebody's like, Oh, you gotta have this person. I'm like, yep. Like, you know, it's just that the referral is such a, it's just sweet, you know? 
They're totally. fun. And I love the setup you have back there and finding direction. And uh, I was laughing yeah. when I was checking out your podcast because there's quite a few parallels between finding direction and find the others. Um, I feel like this was a match made in heaven right here. And I even was laughing because the 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 like the thumbnail image, the cover art that you have for finding direction yeah. is so similar to mine for finding find the others. Is that actually you in the photo? It's it's uh, this is awkward. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, I've never told anybody. No, but it's not me. It's like, uh, you know, I think I found someone when I first started the podcast because it yeah. was like you start the podcast and you're like, all right, uh, what the hell am I doing? So right. I just like found right. someone on Fiverr and I was like, this is this is like the vision of what what we're about. And he like found that thing. And I was like, wow, it's actually like perfect because I love the outdoors. And they're like looking over a mountain. I was like, done. Sold. Um, amazing. I love it. Well, it was a very, yeah. very similar vibe that, I, that I've got on of my cover art as well, which is this idea of like of searching or finding. And I think that's a big theme for for you and has been a big theme. Yeah. For you. Can you talk a little bit more about that theme of finding direction and how <laughs> you really stumbled into that loaded question? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, like probably where the biggest revelation came for me um, in the sense of one realizing that I was even like searching is I am someone who's obsessed with personal development. Like mm -hmm. I got introduced to it 10 years ago. Now I work for Tony Robbins. Um, and then I have my own company where we help people in this world. And probably three years ago, three and a half, maybe I went to one of Tony Robbins event called date with destiny. This is before I worked for him. Yeah. Um, and one of the things he teaches there is there's something called the primary question. And basically what it means is that every single day you ask yourself a question multiple times a day, and it determines basically everything that you do in your life. Because if you're asking yourself questions, what questions really do is question determines our questions, determine our focus, our focus determines our actions. Therefore that creates our results and our life. And so for me, the question I was asking myself multiple times a day, and when I went through this with him, it was like, duh, this is the question that I'm asking myself was, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And I'd been asking myself that for many years, probably at that point, because I really felt lost and stuck. And like, I, I like the deepest thing I ever went through my life was feeling utterly lost. And so when I went to this, it was finally the realization of like, holy crap, this is the question. But the bad part about the question is if every single day I ask myself four, five, 10, 20 times a day, what is my purpose? That by default means that I do not have a purpose. Mm. So by asking this question by default, it means that I do not have the one thing that I am obsessed with finding. Therefore, I am utterly ridiculously screwing myself over. Um, mm. And so we, you basically go into this whole process of like, what's good from this and what's bad from this? And to, to save kind of a long story, make it a medium story. Yeah, um, we like medium stories. The, yeah, the, the, the good things from it was the reason I wanted purpose in my life is I really do feel that I have uh, a calling that I'm that I'm supposed to do something on this planet. Like mm -hmm. in my heart, I know I'm here for a reason. And the bad part from it was, well, I'm, I'm lost if I'm looking for it. And part of the other good parts about it is the reason I felt I needed a purpose at the core, like the deepest part is I felt like when I had a purpose, that meant that I had love and connection to people that really cared about me. Mm. And if I didn't have a purpose, I didn't have people that really loved or cared about me because I wasn't serving them in some capacity. And so basically I reshaped this question and I came up with a new question that I'm going to ask myself every single day for the rest of my life. 
And the new question was, how am I appreciating all the love in my life? Because I already have it everywhere. God's grace and my ability to serve right now. And as soon as I made that shift of, I have things that I can do right now to help people and let me go do that. Like I may maybe not know this grand scheme purpose, which, you know, they say in life, you have multiple purposes kind of. Um, But as soon as I made that switch from I'm looking for it to no, no, no. I have a way I can live on my purpose right now. That's, that's when everything that changed for me. Um, and then that's, that's honestly when finding direction was born. I was like, I need to find a way to help people to, to get mm-hmm. people through this phase of feeling so lost in their life. Cause for me, that was the most painful thing I've ever been through. And so, um, that's, that's yeah. kind of where it was all born. That's, that's so powerful. It's this, like, I love that. And I, I've learned from a mentor of my own too, that nothing is ever missing. And, the thing that we feel like mm. we're searching for outside ourselves is really there, just probably in different forms. So it's, I love that. That And that's the question you were asking yourself is this thing that I feel like is outside of me, this thing that I feel like I don't have, where actually do I have that? Like, where do I have that love and appreciation and connection? What forms are those in? And how can I bring my awareness yeah. to that and then expand that? Straight up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Like we create our own realities and sometimes we're not aware of that because we focus on the things that we don't have versus focusing on the things we do have. And I mean, hundred percent what you said, it's like, we oftentimes have the things that we're looking for. We're just not aware that we have these things. Right. Amazing. So, so I want to hear more about like you stumbling into this, into this world and into this world of personal development, you said about 10 (laughs) years ago. So what was, I always love like the, the hero's journey. Like what was your, what was your call to adventure? Like what happened to where you got introduced to a guide or a resource or your world shifted and would forced you down this, like this path that you're on now. Yeah. So, um, I kind of always, well, I did basically grow up as being like an entrepreneur, I guess you could say I was a kid that, you know, ran a business in his neighborhood when he was a kid and then Mm -hmm. sold candy in high school, sold skateboards so I could skate for free, like all of those things. And eventually I was in college and I met this random kid who's now one of my best friends and we both loved skateboarding. And so we're like, all right, we're going to start a skate company. And my name was Stu. His name was boss. So therefore the company became Stoss. It was not creative at all. (laughs) Um, And so boss and I were building this company um, and working on it. We weren't doing anything like crazy, but one day he called me and he was basically like scratch Stoss. We're not doing that. I found gold. And what he ended up introducing me to was basically like a network marketing company. Mm. Um, and for those that are not familiar with network marketing, it's basically like there's this company and they do all the production of the products and the marketing and all this, just rather than paying for advertising dollars, they pay for you to market by word of mouth. Um, and so as soon as I got into that world, I had one of my mentors, his name was Jed, um, Jed, like Jedi. And he was to this day, he's one of my best friends. He's still someone I call mentor. and as I surrounded myself with him, and, and it's interesting, I was just talking about this um, earlier today. We have like a community that we've kind of built around, you know, like building, building a life you really love. And there's one specific memory I, me- memory I remember that changed everything for my life. And it was that we went to this one conference and I would follow Jed around because I was taught if you do what they do, say what they say, you'll get what they got. And so I was like, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to eat what he eats. I'm going to sleep when he sleeps. Like, I'm just going to do everything. And 
at one point we were walking through this conference and someone came around the corner and they saw him and they were just like, Oh my God, Jed, like, it's so good to see you. I missed you. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like maybe it's his brother, his cousin or something. And then it happened again and again and again and again. And it happened so many times that as I was watching this, something, something switched in my head because I grew up identifying as like a shy, quiet, introverted kid. Mm. And probably the seventh or eighth person this happened to the switch that happened for me in my head was wait a second like jed was not born with this incredible talent and ability to be good with humans like the doctor didn't pull him out and say this one's a talker and pulled me out and goes this one's going to be shy it's like i realized for the first time in my life that he learned these skills and that if he learned them and became a master, and he was a master, he was a genius. He was a Jedi, mastered, some might say. He was a Jedi, for real. And if he mastered these things, then I finally realized that I could master these things and that I could become good at them. I just had to learn them. I had to, to study these things. And I think at the simplest manner, what happened for me in that day that has shifted the trajectory of the last 10 years of my life was I went from having what some people call like a fixed mindset to like, this is it, this, this is my skill, this is the way I was born, to a growth mindset of like, wow, I can do, be, or have anything that I want in my life if I'm willing to put in the time, the effort, the energy, the skills. Um, and so I made that switch into growth. And then once I realized that, that you can create anything with your life, it was like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with this thing. You know what I mean? Like that I can, it, it just blew my mind. So that was probably 10 years ago. Um, and shout out to Jed and boss, if they're listening to this, but that, I mean, that changed everything for me in my life as I got into this world. Wow. Big shout out. And, and I can imagine <laughs> at that time then that if you were always an entrepreneur, like what, what effect did that then have on your business when you understood and you started to embody this growth mindset? How did that affect your career from that point? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, a, a, a really big aspect of it was the communication aspect. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of grew up putting myself and feeling like I was in a shell, you know, like I didn't really come out of that shell. And then yeah. this taught me to like, you need to murder that shell. You need to beat that shell with a bat and like grow out of that shell. And I think one of the simplest massive shifts that changed for me is like, I finally actually started stepping into the person that I was. Mm -hmm. It was like before I'd have this thing that it was like, oh yeah, this is what I do and you know, whatever, but I'm going to be quiet about it. I'm not going to really talk about it. And it's like, well, how do you ever you know, especially as an entrepreneur, how do you get things into the world if you never really talk about them or you're scared to talk about them or you don't even know how to talk about them? Right. Um, you know, so so that really changed things for me because it was finally like, all right, this is what I'm doing. Let me let me fully go into it. Let me grow into this. Um, and then, I mean, that changed everything because everything I started to do in this business, specifically at the time, it was learning. I was growing. I was becoming better. And yeah. you do that enough, you quote unquote fail often enough, you're going to get really good because, you know, there's three other people on the sideline looking at you going, I don't want to fail. And, but if you're willing to take those steps into failure, like I, someone I saw earlier had a video of Mike Tyson. And he was like, I love fear. He's like, he's like, I eat fear up. Fear is an illusion. And it's like, I was like, that is such a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's hard. I love that. So yeah. how did you, how did you do that? How did you beat that out, beat that out of yourself or beat, you know, beat that up in the, with a bat, like you said, to sh make that shift from being this identity of I'm quiet, I'm shy, I'm introverted yeah. into being con connected with people, being an extrovert, talking about what you're doing. How did you shift that? 
Yeah, I would say two things. One is realizing that every single belief you have about yourself is from an experience that you've had often enough in your life. And if you have an experience often enough, you create a story and that story ultimately becomes your belief. Mm. So for me, um, I grew up and an example that like stuck in my mind that kind of shaped me as like a quiet kid. And it was very unintentional for my dad. And I don't even know if he's actually heard this story. Maybe he has. Um, But I used to like, we would drive to baseball practice and I, like I was playing baseball. I was like, you know, five, six, whatever. And we'd always drive to baseball and my dad loves sports. He's like football, basketball fan, all that stuff. And so we would be driving in the car and every time I would like go to talk, it's like something, I don't even know if it was something big or not in the game, but as soon as I would try to talk, what I remember was he would go shh and like turn the volume up. Mm. And for me, that was an experience I had, which happened often enough. So the story I began to form about myself was when I speak, when I voice my my opinion or I say things, it equals pain. Mm. Like it hurts. Like when I share my voice, it does not feel good. And because that was the story that I carried throughout the rest of my life, I then didn't really want to share my story as much. I didn't want to talk as much. It's like a common example is, you know, we go through elementary school and things like that. And, you know, you may be a little kid teacher says, what's two plus two. And you're so excited. And you raise your hand. You're like, it's five. And you're so excited. And all of a sudden, everybody laughs at you. They say you're stupid. And all of a sudden, you start to build these stories of when I speak out loud or when I try things, it equals pain. Mm-hmm. And so it was as a first step realizing that, that that was a story that was currently my narrative. Then the second part was realizing, well, if I had that, that experience of communication equals pain, is it possible that there's also an experience that I had often enough that could show me that when I communicate, really incredible and beautiful things happen. And so I started to look back on my life and I started to realize that like as a, a stupid example, I have an older brother. And when we were kids, I always loved building forts. Like that mm-hmm. was my thing. And so all the time I would like tell my brother, like, let's go build a fort. It's this. And all of a sudden we build these forts. It's some of our best memories we have. And it was this epic thing. And it was because I used my voice So I ultimately realized if I could let that story create my narrative, now I can step into this new version of myself. Now, it's a little bit easier said than done. Um, A lot of the times what we do, you know, with with some of the like students and people I work with is we take them through like a a meditation process with this. And like, I love how before we, you know, started recording, you're like, we're going to do three breaths. I was like, my guy, Josh, once again. Because it's like, you really do have to do some of these internal shift work um, to to change your narrative. So like that was one part was realizing the story that was, that was dictating my life. And then the second part, and this is a philosophy I try to live my life as closely to as I possibly can. And it's that successful people do what's uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. And that's why they're successful, Mm. you know? And it's like the first time I started talking more, the first time I started getting in front of a room and presenting and like public speaking. And the first time I, uh, you know, went to do some stuff for business, like the first time I've done some of these things, it's always been ridiculously uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. I almost want to throw up. Um, but it's like, those are the moments that if you, if you're willing to step into that discomfort, your life will never, your life. If you are someone who is willing to take more uncomfortable action than most people, 
it's like you, you can't even imagine what your life will start to look like. And the reason most people don't, most people's life don't look like that is because they're not willing to take those actions because it does make you feel like you want to throw up and it doesn't feel good. But once you do it, and I'm sure you know all of this from everything you're doing, it's like, once you do it and you get to the other side, you're like, what? Like I could do that. Like me, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, you have a breakthrough. You have, you have a realization yeah. of like what you're actually capable in this world. And so I think those are kind of two of the big things um, on how I kind of shifted that. So good. I love that. It's uh, yeah, it's a total high when you break through that, by the way, it's like, when yeah. you, we, we always say my friends, we would always say happy breakthrough whenever you someone would do that, like happy breakthrough, man, good <laughs> stuff, like great work. I love that. So it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like anything. It's like, it takes it's, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work for a little bit, but if you're willing yeah. to like get through that little bit, then it starts to become easy. And uh, you know, what's the common line? Life becomes really easy when you're willing to do the hard things. I was just listening to, uh, mm. Naval, uh, Ravikan, um, his, his, the almanac of Raval, um, really great audiobook, And, and he just said something yesterday. He's like, um, easy decisions, hard life, hard decisions, easy life. You know, and it's it's all about getting through that and getting through that short term and sacrificing that short term right. comfort for that for that long term game, which is why I love doing things like the hard workouts, yeah. pushing yourself literally to that point physiologically and physically of feeling like you're going to vomit and maybe even getting to that limit and getting through that or the cold immersion, the breath work, yeah. all that stuff. Do you do you do you practice anything like that to to help ground that down as well? Did that help with you? Um, I do cold showers in the morning. Now, I'm nice. not someone who's like <laughs> not uh i was gonna say full psycho but you're not psycho yeah. if you do this it's just <laughs> no i, I fully, admittedly full psycho admittedly full psycho <laughs> so i do i like start off with a hard hot shower and then like the second half i do a cold shower yeah just because i did a cold showers in the morning all the time once and i was like i just i like the yeah. warm shower um but yeah. i'll do it at the end and it's it's you know like we're saying it's that reminder of your brain where it's like you're in the shower it's nice and warm it's comfortable and your brain goes, I don't want this to be cold. Like this is going to be uncomfortable, but it's, it's that you're, you're building that muscle so mm -hmm. that when other things come up in your life outside of the shower, that you're like, oh, it's uncomfortable. It's comfortable here. It's, it's, you know, it's warm. It's, I don't really want to do it. Your brain goes, nope, you've trained yourself that when it's comfortable, you take the action anyway, and you push through it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that's probably the main way that I yeah. do it. Um, you know, other than that, I, I'm a big sticky note guy. I have sticky notes around my house and one of them by my door says like successful people do what's uncomfortable till it becomes comfortable. That's why they're successful. And another one says, what's one uncomfortable action that you took today. Mm. And so it's, it's always on my top of mind of like, what's something uncomfortable I did today. Yeah. And then with what you were saying, I was just realizing I need to do, I need to do some more workouts that push me to throw up. Uh, cause I, I'll go to the gym, you know, four or five days a week, definitely see myself as someone who's healthy, but, uh, I like the thought of, doing it in the gym as another yeah. way to like train your brain to like, okay, you Lean know, in. we do uncomfortable things. Yeah. What, what's an example of an uncomfortable thing that you did in one of these recent days or weeks? Uh, I would say an uncomfortable thing that I did, uh, just me being fully transparent is I did yeah. a five day challenge. Um, it was probably two and a half months ago. Yeah. Um, and this was the first one we've done. We've done three now and I speak for a living. Um, I speak for Tony Robbins. I speak, uh, anywhere from one to three times a day. And I've been speaking one to three times a day for the last 10 years. So like I speak a lot, I speak often, but for me, even doing this challenge was something that was like, 
I've never done this. This is kind of what if it doesn't work out? What if nobody shows up? Like all of those things. Um, but it was a matter of one. I know for me mm-hmm. that w- what I've learned is there's the uncomfortable spot. But then when I get through that to the thing that I'm actually doing, I'll get in my zone. I know how to channel that aspect of me and show up. And right. so what I've what I've learned is in that uncomfortable action, um, like I was doing for the challenge, it's like I got to show up as much as I possibly can so that when I get to the actual action, I can show up for the amount of people that that I can right. serve. Um, so what was the so, challenge? Uh, so it was, it was a five. We do this five day challenge. It's called the five day find your future challenge. Okay. And it's all about how in five days you're going to get clarity from like not really knowing what you want to do with your life to figuring out like, what's that spark in your heart and your soul? And how do you actually make it real in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's crazy though, that like, and, and like, like I speak a lot, but still for me, this thing, which was basically just speaking right, was right. uncomfortable. And, and one thing that's so I think critical and, and for anybody that, you know, if they're listening to this and they're going through something uncomfortable in their life is realizing that we as human beings do not actually fear the act, but we fear the anticipation of the act. So like, as an example, they did this study at Michigan State University. And in the study, they taped this heart monitor to this guy and they took him up in a plane to go skydive. And as he's going up this plane, his heart monitor is like off the freaking charts. Like it's like going crazy, his heart. And as soon as he gets to the top, he gets to the jump zone, he jumps out. And as soon as he jumps out, his heart monitor just peaceful. It just went back to like resting rate. It went back to a normal rate. And what they found out from this study is just like I'm saying here, it's like, you don't fear the act, you fear the anticipation and the way you can push yourself into that Mm -hmm. is kind of like the takeaway they gave from it is turning your brain off for 10 seconds. Cause like if you're in a plane and you're sitting and you're about to skydive, everything from your uh, caveman brain is like, do not do this. You're an idiot. You're 15,000 feet in the air. You could die. Uh, but what you have to do is you have to turn your brain off, jump out of the plane, and your heart goes back to resting rate. So it's like in your life, when you're approaching things that are uncomfortable, count to 10, do the action so that you can get mm. through that uncomfortable action. And then once you actually step into the action, your heart rate will go down. It's a little, uh, you don't fear that. You're, you don't fear that part as much. Yeah. And And how do you, what's the advice that you have for turning your brain off? Is it just... Taking a couple deep breaths, counting to 10. Uh, for me, it's counting to 10. Like literally mm-hmm. it, it's like, yeah. Like what's your comfort action? You go one, two, like if you need to send a message, if you have to call someone, if you have to uh, like go live on, you know, you want to go live on like Facebook or Instagram, or if you want to like, whatever it is, do the thing and be like counting to 10 and then, and then just do it. Right. And by the time you count to 10, ideally you've done the task by then. And now you go into this place of like, holy crap, I just did this thing. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I think that the, I love deep breaths as well as a way to kind of just calm your nervous system down. Cause when you take a deep breath, you're, 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 you're pre-programming that, that, uh, your nervous system to be like, Hey, we're okay. Right. We're, we're okay. We're not going to die. You're, you're going from that parasympathetic sympathetic to parasympathetic, right? right? You're going into that rest and digest and you're like hacking your nervous system to hit the reset and be like, 
we're okay. We're here. We're good. You're telling your body everything's all right. And I feel like that can be a really good reset in those times. That's why I love doing the three deep breaths before I do any podcast, any speech, any talk, anything like that workshop, whatever it is, just even a couple deep breaths. Like every breath we take, we physiologically change our entire body and our nervous system. So we reprogram it with that. So the breath is a powerful force for that too, for hitting the reset button. Is, is that what you do to step into uncomfortable action? You Absolutely. go back to breath work? Get back to the breath and whatever it is. Like even just uh, just this morning, I was doing this crazy hard finisher for the workout with my oh. trainer. Yeah. And it was to that point where like, all right, like we're in the zone now. And I, I love getting to that zone where you're just like, all right, everything in my body is telling me to stop. And I want nothing more <laughs> than to stop right now. Like that's yeah. almost the part that I look forward to now the most in the weird sadistic way that I operate because I know yeah. that like that's where the real growth is happening and that's where we can get stronger and get through the other side. So even just this morning as I'm getting to that zone and we're doing like single leg burpees and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> it's just like get back yeah. to the breath, like even just one deep breath, like, OK, cool, we're here. Let's do this. Like, let's lean in. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's lean in. Let's do it. So that, yeah, that's a really helpful one. I love that. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, so I love that. That's that's amazing. And I like that study, too. I'm going to start using that that study because it makes total sense to me. Um, totally. Tell me tell me a little bit more about some some of the other dis- uncomfortable times in your life. I remember reading in your story that, can- that the big C word was there. Cancer was there. Tell me yeah. a little bit more about that part of of your of your story in your life. Yeah. Um, so for me to kind of walk into this phase of my life. Um, so I was with that company that I was mentioning earlier, uh, the the network network marketing company. Yeah. I was doing that for a few years and eventually I stopped doing that because of some things that happened. And basically I went into this phase of being totally lost. Kind of like I was mentioning, like going from this place of living life and doing work where it's like the cliche, you never work a day in your life. If you love what you do to waking up one day and going like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And so for me, my thought was like, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to do the cliche thing and like go find myself or whatever. And I always had this calling to go to New Zealand. I have this super weird, unexplainable connection, unexplainable to me. Maybe somebody can explain it to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but connection to New Zealand. And so I was like, had this intuitive voice that I'm a big believer in following your intuition. And it was like, book a one-way ticket to New Zealand. You've always wanted to go there. Um, at this point I had one more semester I could take off of school before they would officially kick me out. And so I was like, I'm going to take the semester off. I'm going to go travel here, live in New Zealand for seven months. And basically long story short, I got there. And on day three, uh, I noticed just being vulnerable here, uh, like a large mass in my gentleman downstairs. If you catch my drift for any guys listening to it. And so basically what happened is one of my guys downstairs basically like swelled up ridiculously large. So just if you're a guy that's listening to this, like make sure you regularly check yourself because I was ridiculously blessed that I caught this at an early phase. Mm. Um, And so I noticed that. And so for me, uh, I'm at at this point, I've been studying the mind so much that I knew not to go in like a Holy crap. Oh my God, I'm going to die. This, that I was like, just be calm. It is what it is. I can't change anything. So like I got this skydiving appointment tomorrow morning. I'll go do that. And then I'll go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So woke up, did the most epic dive ever, and then went to the hospital. And then basically for like two, three days, they would like bring me in and some doctors would look and it was like, this is a little hospital in uh, 
Queenstown, New Zealand, where it's like, nobody's ever seen this and no one has any idea what's going on. And so like, literally, I think every single person at that hospital saw my equipment. (laughs) Check me out. Like they would be like, oh, okay. Like, give us a second. They'd come back in with someone else. And then they'd bring someone else. I was like, yo, like, (laughs) but whatever. Um, And so after like three days of tests going back to the hospital, they basically did the like out of the movie scene where they like, you know, pull me into room. They're like, all right, take a seat. Um, and they're like, all right, we've noticed there's some sort of mass. It's either benign, meaning it's nothing or it's cancerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but we suggest you get on the next plane flight and you go home and you see your doctor immediately. And so basically I am someone. And for me, this is probably the biggest thing that got me through cancer was I have a deep rooted belief in me that everything happens for a reason and that it happens for the right reason at the right time. And so as soon as this happened and they said, you have to take a plane fight home, the way my brain works, I was like, okay, this is just what I'm supposed to do. This is like what I'm meant to do. Um, so I took a plane flight home, went on a snowboard trip because it was the weekend and couldn't see the doctor till Monday. Then see, I got my priorities. You got to live. Yeah, regardless. yeah, got to, got to. Um, and then I went to the hospital on Monday and the doctor was basically like, yep, like this is testicular cancer. Wow. Um, you know, he's like, we're going to have to, you know, do surgery and start moving things along. And for me there, again, another thing that really helped me, um, and for anybody that's, you know, going through cancer or knows someone that is, maybe this can help you. Maybe not. This is just what helped me. Um, is I cannot imagine as a parent hearing the words, your child has cancer. Mm. Like I've had the conversation with my parents. I mean, this was a few years ago that this happened. And I asked them, I was like, what is it like? And yeah, it's like the most emotional conversation I've ever had with them. It's like, it's, I, I could not imagine this. But so the doctor tells us my parents are there with me and I walked out of the room. And I think one of the biggest things that helped me is I told them and I began to tell everybody in my life, don't treat me like I have something that could kill me. Mm. Don't treat me like I'm sick. Because if you treat me like I have something that can kill me, you're planting a seed in my brain. And as soon as the seed's planted, this seed can water. And we do not want this seed to water because that can take us to a very bad place. And so that's what I told everybody. And I think, you know, as you go throughout life, whether it's with cancer or even anything else, I think a big silver lining is like asking yourself, what are the seeds that you're planting in your mind? Because sometimes we plant a seed and we go, yeah, this could happen. And we kind of put it on the shelf. But it's like, when you plant a seed, that seed has the ability to grow and can turn into something bad. And so Um, a long story short, I, you know, had a few surgeries, um, it ended up spreading to my stomach. So they like cut my whole stomach open and took out, I think 23 lymph nodes, five of them were cancerous. Um, yeah, it was like, it's a surgeon. It's basically cut you open from your pelt, your, your chest muscle to your pelvic bone. So it's like, I don't know. It's like 18 inches, two feet. You got a nice scar. Yeah. I, I, to this day. I don't know if I regret this or not. This may be the only regret that I kind of have, but don't really have um, is that I wanted the doctor to take a picture of me because they strap your arms down. So wow. you can't like mid surgery, yeah, yeah, yeah. put your hands in your stomach. And I kind of wanted him. I was like, can you take like a picture? Yeah. But, but the surgery, if they messed up this surgery, I wouldn't have been able to have kids. Um, they're like, there's this really small nerve in your, in, in this area, we're going to operate. And they're like, it's so microscopic that you cannot see it through the human eye. And if we accidentally cut it, like, you're not going to have kids. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be a dad one day. That's like one of my goals is like having that. 
So that was probably the scariest part of that surgery was like, mm. yeah, you're going to cut my stomach open. They're professionals. They'll, I'll be good. But like, you know, am I going to wake up one day? Am I going to wake up from the surgery and then go, you know, sorry, you, you can no longer have like your own kids. Right. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think it was probably, you know, eight months or so of like surgery, you know, treatments, recovery, all that stuff, maybe a year. Um, and then after that, I was honestly, I was pretty lucky that it didn't spread any further. And I think, again, it's, it's because I found it so early um, and we moved on it like immediately. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. let me deal with this thing later. That's been feeling weird. Like, let me do it immediately. Um, and yeah, that was, I mean, kind of the, the, the cancer journey that I went to. And I think if there's one other silver lining that I got from it, um, yeah. was they say like, sometimes when you ask God for something and depending your religion or not, or what the universe, the world you ask, when you ask for something, sometimes instead of getting the answer, you have an experience that teaches you a lesson. Right. And for me at the moment, I was trying to create, um, like I almost forgot how to create friends. And I know this sounds really weird, but I went through this phase of my life where everything was transactional. Um, and I was trying to figure out like, how do you have real deep, genuine mm. people that you're like, that's my freaking best friend. And like, you're the man and I, or a woman or whatever. Um, and through that, I think the biggest thing that I, that I realized is this, this power of vulnerability. Um, you know, like for me, even talking about testicular cancer here, it's like, that is the closest part to my manhood that you could yeah, ever no have. Kidding. Yep. And I'm someone that believes in like, when you go through it, share it with the world. And like, you know, the, the world will get, the world will have your back. Like when I went through that, the amount of support I had was unfreaking believable. Yeah. And it was in a sense, because I was vulnerable. I was like, this is what I'm going through. And you know, it's real and, and, and all that. And so I think as I've gone throughout the rest of my life, I've really tried to make it a part of my, my being in my daily life to just be like vulnerable and real and raw and just like true to who I am. And if I do that, I'll push away the people that I'm not supposed to, to be around in my life. And I'll also attract the people um, that are people that are like really the people that are supposed to be in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for sharing that, man. That's certainly powerful. I, I think that on the note of vulnerability too, I think that we're, we're as humans, we're attracted to that, right? Because it takes strength. There's a lot of strength and vulnerability. And yeah. especially today when there's so many different things that are vying for your attention and influencers on your newsfeed and, and images of things that we see, when we see something real, we gravitate towards it and we want yeah. that. And I think that that allows us to build the connection. Yeah. 100%. Is, is that, is that something in, in, in your, in, in your networking and, and building connections? Is that, is that a key piece that you find is, is that being vulnerable and vulnerability? Yeah, I think vulnerability, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that I've realized through that and other experiences in life is like, you need, if, if you want to live a happy life, like mm -hmm. I am someone that I, I like, I want to be successful. I want to have that all aspect of my life. But something that I learned from one of my teachers is like success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. The game that I'm in is how do I have as much fulfillment as possible and as much happiness as possible in my life. And one of the biggest things that will, will stop you from doing that is if you are not authentically, vulnerably, genuinely, a hundred and million percent mm -hmm. you, the, the quirks, the weirdness, the, the, the strange things, the scars, like if you do not own who you are as a human, you, 
you can't be you. And if you're not you, you're not going to make the connections that are real. You're not going to build the relationships that are the lasting ones. Like you have to, to be so raw, real in you. And when you do that, now, as you go throughout your life, everything is in alignment with who you are because you're you. You're not trying to be something else. And I think when you do that, that is a massive piece of the puzzle to building a life of happiness and fulfillment. If you, if you want to be happiness and fulfillment, but you're putting up this front of like, this is what I got, but really I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing. It, do, like, it doesn't matter the things you say to the world that matters. What is the relationship you have with yourself? You are the only person that you will spend the rest of your entire life with. And that should be like one of the most important focuses. It's like, learn to love yourself more, learn to accept yourself, learn to, uh, you know, all of these things that you've been through mm-hmm. own who you are. And if you do that and step into, into that, um, I think that's something that, yeah, it'll help you with connections and networks and all those things. And it's helped me massively, but it's also just going to have help you have like a, a more happy, a more fulfilled life. Um, and for me, I think that's the game that I'm at least in. And I think that's the game people should be in is the game of happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Amen, man. Amen. And, and that should be, that should be, in my opinion, the goal of our education system right now in today's world, right? Is, is teaching that and helping and helping, uh, people and students discover that. And, and, and tell me how, what your thoughts are and how that plays a role in finding direction. Cause I, I think that when, when you can strip those things away and you start from that place and you own who you are and you step into that, like the direction finds itself, like the direction takes care of itself. You don't need to do anything else at that point. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I was having a conversation with someone, uh, I think it was last week. And one of the things we were talking about is like the importance of self-awareness and really learning who you are, because it's like, if you don't know who you are, how do you know if you're doing the thing that you like, if you don't even know what you like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like how, how are you going to find direction in your life? If you are sitting there and going, well, do I like this thing? Do I not like right. that? Do I want more of this, less of this? Um, so I think for sure, it's like, you got to learn how do you have so much self-awareness about what do you like? What do you hate? What do you enjoy? What makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What makes you have fun? What makes you fill your joy tank, your relationship tank? Like you got to be so, obsessed with learning about yourself because just like you said the more you learn about yourself now when an opportunity comes or you're trying to find direction because you're self-aware you go oh well well obviously i'm going to do that thing and i'm definitely not going to do that other thing because i remember when i do that thing it makes me think this way and it creates me into a bad a a negative Mm -hmm. pattern or habit so i'm not going to do that but when i do this thing it really lights me up and when i do that thing it fulfills me and when i do that thing um you know, really, it really gets me excited to go throughout my day. And so I think a hundred million percent, it's, it's how do you build that self-awareness around who you are? And as soon as you build self-awareness around who you are, like you said, it's like, it's, it's easier to figure out what do you really want to do with your life? Because you know, you know who you are. It's like, it's like a, a kind of stupid analogy is like, if, if we had a board game and sometimes this is how we go through life, and someone gave you a board game and they're like, this game's called life here. And they just gave you the board game and you were like, uh, like are there pieces? Are there cards? Mm-hmm. Like, where's the start? Where? And so many times people go through life and they're like, well, I got this game board called life, but I don't know. I don't even know how to play this thing versus it's like, if you can look at your life and go, okay, this is the game board of my life and figure out where you want to go. And now, you know, 
as you go throughout your life, okay, this is start, this is finish. This is what happens in this point. This is how I get through that obstacle. And you can learn more about that. It's so much easier to um, like figure out this game called your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is a big game. Do you, do you view it as a game? How do you view life as a game? Uh, that's a good question. How do I view life? Um, I wouldn't say I view it as a game. Mm. Um, I'd say I view life as something that you're supposed to go through and find a way to experience as much joy and happiness and fulfillment as you can throughout the process. Mm. Um, you know, like a, a, a thing that I share with a lot of people is it's like, how do you find the spark in your, in your heart? like the spark in your soul, the thing you were meant to do, and then go share that with the world. And so for me, I think, I think the way I look at life is how do you have as much joy and, and, and light in that? And I think sometimes what happens, unfortunately, is the way our brain's wired is we're almost wired to go through life and find what's wrong, to go through life and mm -hmm. put our sense in the self of struggle, to go through life and uh, bring ourselves to pain or misery. And it's, it's, looking at life again, growing your self-awareness and say, how do I, how do I get out of the, the pain? How do I get more into the joy and the fulfillment um, so that you can do more of it? So I, I, I like that question. I think, I think that's how I view life. Amazing. It reminds me of the, uh, the Pablo Picasso quote, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Mm. It just sums it up so well. I love that so much. The combination Beautiful. of it, right? Yeah. Um, so, so real question for you why do you feel like why do you feel like so many young people are searching for direction or feel the perceived lost or wanting to find direction i think it's it's uh we live in an external an external world um there's so much on instagram there's so much on social media there's 12 of your best friends who you've never met that you look at their profile and know them better than your mom or your dad yeah. um you know what I mean? Like you're looking at that and going, oh, Mary's got it all figured out. Chris is doing this thing. Sally's doing. But the reality is if you peel back the curtain, you don't know if they're happy. You don't know if they're fulfilled. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying there's all these people out there building this cover and in the back hurting. Um, but you don't know what their life looks like. And if you try to compare yourself to some other people, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to get to a place where you're truly happy. I think the reason so many people are, you know, trying to find direction in their life mm -hmm. um, and struggling with it is because they're looking outside and they're going, well, they did this. Let me try that. They did that, this. And there's so much of that rather than just saying like, all right, let me like shut off the social media for two days or whatever it would be, two hours, two minutes, whatever. Um, and like, ask yourself, like, what do I really want with my life? Mm -hmm. um, like uh, an exercise sometimes I'll take people through is like, ask yourself, what do you really want five times? And as you start to ask yourself, what do I really want at first, you may be like, well, I want to, you know, I want to be successful. And you go, well, what do you really want? And you go, well, I want to be successful because um, I want to prove to my friends that I'm successful. What do you really want? Well, I want to prove to my friends that I'm successful because I really just want to be loved. And well, why do you want that? Well, I want to be loved because, and like you go down these crazy paths of realizing what one, what you actually want with your life or two, maybe like we were talking about earlier, what you may actually already have, you're just not realizing it. And you're doing something to achieve something when the reality, you already have this thing. You just haven't accepted that you have it. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's why a lot of people struggle with trying to find their direction is because they're not, 
they're not doing it internally. They're doing it externally. And if you really want to find out what makes you happy in life, you got to, you got to get to know yourself, not try to do what Mary Joe or Sally or, you know, whatever these other people are doing. Yeah. Mary Joe and Sally are doing their own thing. We got to focus on us. Yeah. And props to Mary Joe and Sally. Like, yeah, shout out to Mary Joe and Sally. Yeah. Like you're doing that thing. Go crush it. But I got to, I got to figure out my life. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it's very interesting to me because I, I I see it I see it so much and uh, with 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 this younger generation as well and and I think that there's a lot of I, I think it's a good thing because confusion or confusing times prompt us to ask questions that we otherwise wouldn't have asked. So the fact that we're asking ourselves these questions, what do I want? I think right. That's the first part. And that can lead to feeling that like down or that. I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when I was going through that phase of my life too, I would, I would call it limbo phase. When you were like yeah. in limbo, it was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what's up, what's down. I don't know what I'm doing next. So like what, what, what advice do you have to someone who feels like they might be in that limbo phase of like, where do I, where do I go? Yeah, I would say two things. One maybe 2.5. One, if you're going through it, know that you're not the only person going through this. Like there, there are so many people that even go throughout their life and feel lost for like decades. They feel in this limbo for years. And it's like, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, so like, I think one, knowing that you're not alone and knowing that there are ways to get out of this faster. Um, something I've always done in my life is always looked for like, how do I find a mentor? How do I find someone who's done something that I want to do to shortcut that process? Um, so that's kind of my point five. Then my one would be that if you're in this limo phase, a lot of the times what we do is we overwhelm ourselves with options. As we go, there's 10 million things we could do. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this other thing. I, and, and we kind of also go into the comparison. Sally's doing this. Mark's doing this. Joe's doing that. Um, I think a very simple way you can start to get yourself from being in limbo to actually being and living like a purpose-driven life and feeling like you're in alignment with the thing you're supposed to do is if you look back on your life, you'll probably realize that there's three, four, maybe five things that you've always been attracted to, right? There's things you've always been pulled towards. There's things that when you do them, your energy raises versus depletes. Mm -hmm. And what you want to start to ask yourself are what are the three, four, five things that when I do it, my energy rises. When I do it, I get excited about it. When I do it, um, I always kind of have this almost like energy. You know, it's like sometimes we see people and they're in their element and we're attracted to them. So you want to ask yourself, what are like three, four, five things that you've always had an interest in if you went back through the timeline of your life? Maybe um, like for me, it was, I loved skateboarding. I loved action sports. For me, it was, I loved helping people. For me, it was, I liked traveling. So like those were three of my buckets. And once you figure out what these buckets are, the key is going and trying these things in some way, shape, form, or capacity. Because sometimes what we do, and I forget who said this, but it was someone that was on our podcast once, and I was like, this is so beautifully said, is that sometimes we sit there and we look at all these things that we think we might want to do with our life, but until we actually do them, at best, it is a guess. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like at best, it's a guess. We're like, well, I don't, because we, we look at things and we go, well, I wouldn't actually like that because this, that, or the other, right? I, I, and, and for me, one of the most life-changing things is I thought I wanted to own an action sports company for my life. I went and worked at Vans and realized like, this is not what I wanted to do. I actually tried it from the outside. It looked gorgeous. 
from the inside, I was like, this isn't my, this isn't my thing. Um, so I think it's asking what are those three, four, five things that you've had an interest and it's trying those things, right? Try those things. That's the most important. Like another simple, stupid analogy I make to people is it's like the first time you found out you liked pizza, you didn't look at the pizza and go, okay, I like it. Or you, <laughs> you, excuse me, you didn't look at the, right. You didn't look at it, smell it, maybe touch the toppings. Your friend came by and said, pizza's sick, pizza's delicious. And you were like, I like pizza. You tried the pizza and you were like, oh my God, pizza's, pizza's great, right? So it's like this, this realization that if you're lost, if you're in this limbo, what are three, four, five things? And then simply go try those things. And then as you try those things, it's building the self-awareness of, do I like this? Do I not yep. like this? Is this something uh, that raises my energy, depletes my energy? And if you try it and you find out in a few months, you don't like it, you have to be courageous enough to step into an abundant versus scarce mindset and actually move on to try something else. Because yeah. so many times we try something and we get stuck into this place of mm. I'm, I'm here. If I leave every, I'm going to lose it all. And, and so many uh, ways we could go with this. So I'm going to keep it tight, but the key try things. If you don't like them, be willing to go try something else until you find that thing that really feels like it's, it's lighting up your soul. And then the second thing that I would say, which is um, massively powerful, is if you are feeling lost, ask yourself right now, what are one or two questions that you're constantly asking yourself, right? Or what are one or two things you're saying to yourself often that may not be serving you? Because questions, I think, are one of the most fascinating things in this world. Because what questions do, we spoke about earlier, is questions determine your focus, focus determine your action, action determines your results. Um, and so you may be going throughout your life and, and ask yourself the question, how come I can't find, how come I can't do something that excites me? How come I can't find a job that I love? How come I can't grow my business? Whatever it is. But if you flip that question, right, your brain is going to give you an answer. If you go, how come I can't grow my business? Your brain goes, well, because you're an idiot. Because your mm -hmm. brain gives you an answer, right? Your brain goes, well, because you don't have the skills. But if you flip the question and say, how can I grow my business? How can I find something that lights up my soul? How can I find the thing that I wake up every single day and pinch myself going, holy crap, I cannot believe this is my life. And if you start to ask yourself questions that shift the, your focus, you can go from being in this place of limbo, feeling lost because maybe you're asking the wrong questions to changing your focus into a positive direction and kind of finding your direction, the right light, the right place um, that you are supposed to be going. Yeah. Wow. Brilliantly said. That's a, it's, it's a, it's a powerful shift of the framing question gets you resourceful and gets you into the, you know, gets your resourcefulness in motion. And uh, one of the things that I learned too, and through my career is knowing what you don't want is just as powerful as knowing what you do want. That helps, Amen. helps, helps you out. And when you, again, it happens by experimenting or trying internships in my opinion are the best thing ever. Like I love framing. And when I was in that limbo phase, the thing that got me out was thinking, I'm going to go do as many different quote unquote internships <laughs> as I can. Like, I'm going to go try this. Like, I'm interested in photography. Let me go try this. Let me go shadow and do an internship with this photographer. See what I like there. I'm interested in writing. Let me go go to a journalist and see what happens there yeah. or a speaker. Right. And, and just take these different things and get your hands into the mud and see what you actually feel and what flows from there and then take the insight. It's, it's right. getting into action. I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. And I love the question too, you have there, like, how can I go try as many things as possible? Yeah. Yep. Like that, 
the focus that's going to create versus asking yourself the question of, well, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? Like right. that's so broad that it may not help you. But if you say, how can I try as many things as possible? It's like focus actions results. Like, and, and now you're doing what you're doing. And it's like, you're, and I think I could say this from at least knowing you, um, is like, you are in your element. You are in yeah. that thing where you're in, you're in alignment with the thing that you're supposed to be doing in this world. And it's because you tried the things you experimented, mm -hmm. you, if you didn't like it, you were willing to say, well, let me go try this other thing and, and step into abundance for scarcity. Yep. You have to, in order to find your lane, you have to drive in all the other lanes to know what lane is yours. <laughs> right? like, yeah. you, you have to. So, um, dude, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and dropping all of this fire right here. I'm, I'm trusting that people listening are getting some amazing value and that this is connecting to a few right people at the right time. So thank you. I'm very grateful for you sharing yeah. this. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners as we part? I'll be sure to share all your socials and, and anything else too on the show notes, but is there anything uh, else that you want to share with the listeners? Um, I would just say, you know, that if, if people want to come hang out with us, see more of what we're doing. Um, if you're a fan of podcasts, which if you're listening to yours, I'm guess maybe you are. Uh, we have a podcast ourselves. It's called Finding Direction. And, and like from the bottom of my heart, my soul, if you are in that limbo, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling like you're not sure what you want to do with your life, I would love to just invite um, anybody to come check out the podcast, listen to what we're doing. And uh, I think truly we can help you find that direction in your life. So you, you find a way to live in alignment. And then the last thing that I would say, um, aside from, you know, come check out the podcast if you want to, is if you're listening to this right now, commit to taking an action today to move yourself in the forward direction in your life. Because sometimes we go throughout our life and we, you know, sit on the couch of our life, I guess we could say, and mm. we think we analyze, we, you know, all these different things happen, but the reality is like action creates clarity. So asking yourself the question, what is one action I can take today to move myself further along in the, the positive direction that I want to go in my life? And my request to anyone listening to this would just be to um, take that one action. And if you want to go a step further, uh, find me on social media and, and tell me the action. And I, I would love to support you in getting through that action or anything I can do to support you. Uh, but the main thing is just commit to taking some sort of action today that moves you in the forward direction of your life. Awesome. Love it. Stu, been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time. Absolutely, Josh. It's been an honor. Thank you so much again for having me. And for anybody that's listening to this, just know that by listening to Josh and staying in close things with what he's doing, um, you are in the right place. So I just want to honor all of you for crushing through this episode. And again, Josh, thank you so much for Amen. having me today, man. Thank you, brother.